of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com by St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Handful of stuff we're going to get it today, as always, in the world of baseball sports and unifying America. And I'm going to start out by talking about shame as we look in the year of 2020. And you could say the year is for many different things. You could talk about a lot of bad things that have happened this year, unfortunate things. But one thing that doesn't get brought up enough is the fact that we endlessly are trying to put shame on others. And sometimes we don't even have all the necessary information to throw that shame out there. Oakland Athletics bench coach Ryan Christensen made a, a gesture while he, you know, during a handshake line or, you know, greeting players in the dugout. And the... What the what is thought about it is very evil and can be twisted to a point where you think it's such it, that the person that does it is such a bad person. But in this case, we didn't have all the necessary information. And you have a man that is being shamed, is being thought of as if he has a grew a whole collection of fine Nazi China in his basement. He's looked as if. He is an empathizer of Hitler. He has read Mein Kampf from cover to cover. Hates all Jews and is this example of what the Aryan person is supposed to be in the minds of Hitler. And the problem is he's not. You're looking at a person that made a terrible mistake, a mistake that was very ignorant uh, one that deserved an apology, which he gave. He apologized for what he ended up doing. He didn't go in there with the intention of saying, hey, I'm going to go say hail Hitler with an expression. He didn't do that. But if you read the media reports and everybody who jumps out there and tries to make a big thing about the mistakes of others, we always assume as they're sent, we're sending them through the walk of shame, that their intent was 100% on board in to what the perception is. And let's be serious. Unless you, you hear from Ryan Christensen's relatives that he loves Hitler and is his big Nazi sympathizer, is a situation where he had a, a handshake or a hand gesture that he was going to do amongst the Oakland Athletics players, and it went wrong. And that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes you do something and it goes wrong. This is one of the more extreme examples of something going wrong. But his intentions were not to say, hail Hitler. So we are we are transformed in, with the understanding that Hitler was an evil person and anybody that associates themselves or says that the person was a good person themselves is not a good person. But once again, if you're trying to throw this at Ryan Christensen outside of this ignorant gesture, 
which he had no intention of doing, where's anything that would make you think that he is pro-Nazi or pro-Hitler? That would be different if he decided to go on a rant and talk about all the things that Hitler did good. Remember Marge Schott ended up losing the Cincinnati Reds franchise? When she decided she wanted to talk about all the good things that Adolf Hitler did, that was different. She had she had a chance to, you know, hold on to that feeling and never bring it out, but decided once she decided she wanted to express that and make it known to others that that's how she really feels. It made sense for society and Major League Baseball, for that matter, to try to separate themselves from her. This man has done nothing that has given you that example. Like I said, down the road, if we find out from his family members that he, he, he loves Hitler, then maybe there's some truth to this hand gesture. What this looks like, this looks like an example of somebody that was trying to put something together from within their team, maybe Team Unity, being totally ignorant and not thinking about what the gesture meant. And as he realizes what the gesture meant, he gives a smirk as if, oh my God, I can't believe that that's what that really means. Knowing that it really means it after he did it, but not knowing what it meant when he did it. Does that make sense to you? It may not. Like I said, you may be part of this shame tour to try to make people out to be you know, the worst. Maybe it's your own issues you have amongst yourself. Maybe you hide evil. Maybe you have skeletons in your own closet and it makes you feel better when you put somebody else down. Now, should this have been a story? Yes. Because there is a seriousness in what that gesture stands for. But once you find out unequivocally that that was not his intention with that gesture, that it was meant to be something else. When he realized what it meant, he had like an, oh my God, kind of reaction, almost an embarrassment. And then he, he gives an apology. He explains exactly what happened. The Oakland Athletics say, listen, you know, we don't condone that type of behavior. But obviously, they took what Ryan Christensen did as for what it is. And that's how you should take it, too. You should look at it and say, all right, it was a bad mistake. But was there a gesture in there that said, hail Hitler? Yes, maybe to the, you know, the millions of Jews that were killed during the genocide. You know, they, they may have memories of that again. And they have to live with that, and it's awful, and it's terrible. But then you find out that that's not what the guy was intending to praise. He was not praising Hitler. It came out as a gesture that was that. Once he realized it, he stopped. Once he realized that, he issued an apology. What else do you want this guy to do? And once again, shame tour 2020. We want to make everybody out to be their absolute worst 
And in a lot of cases, it hides the own insecurities that many Americans have. Many people are insecure with themselves and feel better by shaming somebody else without having the necessary information. And I think I think this is an example of it going the exact wrong way. And it's that's not the intention of what this man did. Doesn't hide from the fact that it was bad. It it doesn't hide from the fact that it's something that should never be done again. And it shouldn't hide from the fact that it's something that should be explained. And he explained it. He explained what happened. Yes, it's an embarrassment that it's worked out the way it did. And it's a, a shame on baseball. Drew some unnecessary attention. So in the end, there is a level of accountability that has to go to this man. To say that there's no accountability would be a little bit off. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he didn't do anything wrong. But he didn't do it from the perspective of being a pro-Nazi Germany 1940s Adolf Hitler fan. He wasn't. He did it through ignorance. When he did the gesture, he didn't do it with the intention of saying Hail Hitler. And once he realized what he did, he stopped and then he issued an apology. And once again, I'm going to conclude this point by saying this. Unless you find out that Ryan Christensen, Ryan Christensen collects Nazi China, that he is mind comp sitting in it on the top of his dresser in his bedroom and is a Nazi sympathizer. This was just an example of a bad mistake and maybe an example of a mistake that can go the most wrong. This copyright and broadcast is authorized under internet rights granted by the World Wide Web and is solely for entertainment of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the pictures, descriptions, and accounts of this show without the express written consent of the Passball Show, JohnPielli.com, and JohnPielli LLC is prohibited. Any commercial or other use of the program, such as by charging and admission for its showing, is similarly prohibited. So Jacob DeGrom has won two consecutive Cy Young Awards for the National League. Um, probably, if you look at down to it, you want to break down the best pitchers in Major League Baseball, he's got to be number one. If he's not, he's within the top three. You know, there's DeGrom, there's Garrett Cole, there's maybe uh, a Walker Bueller, the remnants of a Clayton Kershaw or Justin Verlander, who still, when they're at their best, perform to a very high level. The Max Scherzers of the world. But I was thinking about this, and sometimes, you know, there are things that happen that just don't have any explanation. Jacob DeGrom, the last couple of years, has really put up, if you look at all the peripheral numbers, back-to-back -back Cy Young type of seasons. And he, he won the award, which is proof that those seasons were as good as they were. Didn't get a lot of wins. And you could say, hey, he's getting bad run support. He's getting bad defense. He's going out there giving you seven solid innings every time that he pitches, but isn't getting the victories to show for it. 
So you want to use maybe psychology to try to think, how, how does this happen? How do we get to a point where you have maybe the best pitcher in baseball pitching once every fifth game, and you're not sure, even though the Mets have won 75% of the games that Jacob deGrom has pitched in the year of 2020, you almost think it's a 50-50 chance that you're going to win the game. Back in the days of Tom Seaver and Bob Gibson and Juan Marichal and Don Drysdale and Sandy Koufax, you knew when one of them were on the mound, there was a very good chance that their team was going to win because the pitcher was going to take the game by the balls and pitch nine innings. Once again, and I'm not going to get too far off the topic here, Jacob DeGrom, who may very well be the best starting pitcher in Major League Baseball, is still a seven-inning pitcher. That means that the eighth and ninth innings have to be taken care of by somebody, whether it's one pitcher, let's say a Seth Lugo that takes the eighth and a ninth, or two or more pitchers that have to get from the beginning of the eighth to the end of the ninth. If Jacob deGrom has pitched seven solid innings and the Mets have a lead, he needs some help. And it's hard to say that Jacob deGrom is as dominant of a starting pitcher as there ever has been in baseball history. And of course, the game has changed. Pitchers are not trained to go out there and pitch complete games every time out there. In fact, the only time a starting pitcher will have a chance to pitch a complete game is, is if they enter the ninth inning well under 100 pitches and there's no sign of strain through their performance through the entire game. And of course, they got to get through eight innings to do that. Most cases, a very good starting pitching performance is ended after seven. And part of it is the preservation for that starting pitcher's next start. Thinking that it's not all about one game, especially in a regular season. But once again, pitchers were not trained to do that before. So when we look at a back-to-back Cy Young Award winner with not a whole lot of wins to show for it, it's one, I'm not going to say 100%, I'd say maybe about 80% on the fact that in his best performances, he's getting seven innings. And you got to rely on a bullpen, whether the bullpen was the worst in Major League Baseball or amongst the top two worst in Major League Baseball last season, or it's just a series of bad luck. The team's not scoring for him. Every game is 1-1 after the seventh inning. So I thought about this, and listen, I'm not breaking any ground when I talk about this either. The fact that the Mets as a team, you know, you're talking about, what, 27 other players in a 28-man roster. Prior to this, it was a 25-man roster, so 24 other players not named Jacob deGrom are putting on that uniform and participating perhaps in a game. They look at what's happened with Jacob deGrom over the last you know, for the last year, the last two years now. And maybe they're pressing a little bit. Maybe they come to the plate trying to hit a five-run home run with nobody on base. Maybe the ball's hit to them and a chance to turn double play to get themselves out of a, a second inning. Let's say a runner at first, one out, ball's hit hard to the second baseman. Maybe he's thinking a little too hard. Hey, I can't screw this up. And we try to say that these players are professional and that we never get to that point. We never get to the point where we say that, you know, we almost humanize these professional athletes. And, and I think that's a shame that we don't do that because they are human just like me and just like you. 
and they have to be 100% conscious that their starting pitcher goes out there every fifth day, gives the Mets a legitimate chance to win. And for some strange reason over the last couple of years, the majority of times he go out, goes out there and performs well, they don't win. And they got to be thinking about that. They had to have been thinking about that last year. They have to be thinking about it now. If, as he goes out there and throws another gem of a game. So if the ball's hit to you, you could be as much of a professional as you want. I think sometimes you start thinking about the past results and the fact that Jacob DeGrom has won two straight Cy Youngs in spite of the fact that he's gotten no run support. He's gotten no support from the other players that are on the Mets roster. And the players are thinking about that too. So the next point I wanted to get into is you keep hearing and of course, people are Mets fans. If you're a Mets fan, you're pissed off probably at the performance of general manager Brody Van Wagenen. Over the last two years, he's talked a big game. He said, hey, come get us. That was the motto going into the 2019 season. And sure enough, the National League went out there, came in, and got them. The Mets won 86 games last year, which was something that's probably not to be ashamed of. Most wins of any team did not make the playoffs. You know, did the Mets perform poorly last year? Well, they got off to a terrible start. They were 40 and 51, a great finish to the season to go out there and do what they did allowed for them to finish at 86 and 76. So he doubles down, says, listen, this is going to be an even better team. The moves that have been made by Brody Van Wagenen have not looked so good. And the one trade that he made that is going to go down in baseball history probably as one of the worst. And when I think of this trade, I think of Omar Minaya, then of the Montreal Expos as their general manager, acquiring Bartolo Colon from the Cleveland Indians, giving up Cliff Lee, Grady Sizemore, Brandon Phillips, amongst others, in this trade. That trade could have worked out any worse for the Montreal Expos. They got a half a season out of Bartolo Colon. And you've heard of guys like Cliff Lee and Grady Sizemore and Brandon Phillips. They all ended up having pretty good careers. Sizemore would have been more of a known player if injuries didn't get in the way. So I think of Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz coming to the Mets from the Seattle Mariners. And the Mets trading top prospect, Jared Kelenic, over to the Seattle Mariners. Now, this has been spoken about amongst Mets fans ad nauseum, probably to a point where it is a little bit too much. And you keep hearing references to this trade. Such a bad trade, Jared Kelenic may go out there and be a star. Who knows? You know, he's uh, not 20 years old yet, if I'm not mistaken. Was only drafted a couple years ago. Is on a fast path to the major leagues. I'm sure he's going to show something while wearing a Seattle Mariner uniform. Here's why I think it's time to get over it if you're a Mets fan. Jared Kelenic left you. Now you may want to say, wow, that's a strange way to look at a trade that Jared Kelenic had no choice of. And the best scenario that I can point out to you is compare it to an ex-girlfriend or an ex-boyfriend. Sometimes they decide that enough is enough and it's time to go. It's time to part ways. They leave you. 
And if that happens, it may hurt. You may go through some pain. It may, you may cry. You may be sad. You may be furious. But over time, hopefully, you get a chance to get over it. And a lot of people do. More people than not get over relationships that didn't work out, even when they were at the hands of the other person. So how do I compare Jared Kelenic being traded from the Seattle Mariners, I'm sorry, from the New York Mets to the Seattle Mariners to a girl or a boy breaking up with you? Brody Van Wagenen is that evil person that spoke to Jared Kelenic as your old boyfriend. You were dating Jared Kelenic and Brody Van Wagenen got in his head may have lied, may have said something that was not truthful. But the bottom line is that Jared Kelenic doesn't feel the same way about the New York Mets as he did before. He plays for the Seattle Mariners. If you ask Jared Kelenic what team he supports, it would be the Seattle Mariners. So the bottom line is, if you're going to carry, you know, bad feelings and sour tensions over a trade that's already done, I don't know what to really say to you at this point. Do the Mets look like they're going to win a World Series in 2020? The answer is probably no. But is it because they acquired Robinson Cano and Edwin Diaz? I don't know. Because Jared Kalanick may not be up here at the major league level. Justin Dunn, who was also part of that trade, is pitching well. He's gone out there. He started some games for the Seattle Mariners. He is now a major leaguer. I'm in no way in a position to defend this trade. But at some point, and a lot of people really have to start listening to this, at some point, you got to move on with your life. You can talk about the resume of Brody Van Wagenen as the general manager of the New York Mets, and it hasn't been good. You know, the Stroman trade, maybe not to a fault of his own, does not look very good right now. You got 11 starts out of Marcus Stroman. He has opted out for this season. You got two very good young pitching prospects, one of whom is pitching in the major leagues with the Toronto Blue Jays, and the other one is on his way. It doesn't look like it's going to be a good trade. But once again, you're choosing to live in the past. And I think at some point you got to stand up and acknowledge that what's done is done. And if you don't want to look at it as Jared Kelenic left you, look at it as if Jared Kelenic was given some misinformation to make him not to feel not feel the same way about you anymore. A little bit of a recap of the show today, and as always, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. This is the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Aloysius Church and School in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. We started out by talking about Ryan Christensen, the bench coach of the Oakland Athletics. He's He's going through the walk of shame right now, and some of it is his own doing. He should not have made that gesture, but did he mean that gesture? Did he mean that he was a Hitler supporter or is a Hitler supporter? The answer is no. So while we're looking to shame people, we should take a step back and realize that as bad as this could be perceived, as much as it makes the person look bad, and he went out there and he apologized, once he realized that he did what he did, he stopped. I think it's time to stop shaming him. And to put him in the same boat 
as a neo-Nazi, to put him in the same boat as a Hitler supporter, to put him in the same boat as, let's say, a Marge Schott, who tried to explain all the good things that she felt that Adolf Hitler did. It's not fair. Did he make a mistake? Absolutely. Did what he did, what he did could, be, could it be perceived as evil? Yes. But when we get the facts and we realize that this is not a Nazi supporter, until we do, if we do, it's a different story. He made a terrible mistake. And maybe it's time to stop shaming others with the hope of making yourself feel better. The Mets continue as we sit out here in the year of 2020, even though they've won 75% of Jacob DeGrom starts. You're looking back at the last couple years, two straight Cy Youngs, and a pitcher who's not getting a lot of support from the team, whether it's defensively, whether it's offensively, whether maybe it's a mental thing. And I, I talked about that a little bit before. Players may press with the intention of trying to impress Jacob DeGrom. Maybe try to hit a five-run home run. Maybe trying to turn a quadruple play. Maybe they've looked at the past and realized that this guy has pitched much better than his record indicates. And Major League Baseball players are human beings just like me and you. There's a chance they could be pressing with Jake on the mound. And finally, it's time to get over the Jared Kalanick, Edwin Diaz trade. Now, I'm not saying it'll ever turn out to be good for the New York Mets, but what's done is done. Jared Kalanick is the equivalent of the girlfriend from, you know, 20 years ago that left you. And while you may not understand why, what's done is done. At some point, you have to move on with your life. And it's time to move on from the Jared Kalanick trade. Does that make Brody Van Wagenen a good general manager? To this point, his record says that he isn't. But it's time to forget that Jared Kelenic was drafted by the New York Mets by Sandy Alderson. Uh, actually, it might have been, uh, what, John Rico and Omar Manaya. Jared Kelenic's gone. This is the Passball Show once again. Always happy to be with you. Hope you enjoy the upcoming NBA playoffs. Um, you see in the hockey playoffs, it, it's just kind of weird. And I have to be serious. And I know a lot of people are feeling the same way about it. Doesn't make me a less of a basketball fan or less of a hockey fan. You know, as you look at it and see the temperature rising to 100 degrees in most most reason most regions, you look outside, your pool's set up, you head out to the beach. It, it's a nice day out usually. Not really when you're expecting to be watching hockey and basketball playoffs. And you know, you think of the possibility of college football not having a season or having a season potentially be postponed. You know, you got the Big Ten and the Pac-12 not, you know, just about canceling their fall to winter seasons. And what does that mean to the kids, uh, you know, that we're going to go out there and play? And I heard a, a pretty good quote the other day from somebody is say, is it really in your mind because of the kids? Do you feel that much for the kids? Or are you more bothered that you're losing 
what you get a chance to bet on or enjoy on your Friday, uh, Saturday afternoons and evenings. And that's a good point. You know, a lot of people have the tendency to look at things through their own perspective, not through the perspective of others. It sucks for the kids, especially the seniors. You know, and, and I'm sure they'll get some sort of eligibility, you know, perhaps the chance to play next year. But you're already hearing players deciding they're going to opt out this year and just go put themselves in for the NFL draft. If they have a season in the spring, they're, they're not going to risk it. And, you know, we, we think about players in all sports, professional sports, and I think it does impact, you know, kids of the amateur level a little bit more. They're the ones that are assuming all the risk, whether they're in a bubble-like situation, as it applies to professional basketball and hockey, or a non-bubble-like situation when it comes to football and baseball. They're the ones that are assuming all the risk. So if you're judging athletes based off of the decisions that they make, it's kind of hard to do that when you're sitting on your couch. If you haven't left your house in four and a half or five months, and you want to blame players who are deciding not to work, how come you haven't worked? Maybe it's time to look at it that way. We'll be back with you next week. This is a little bit of an abbreviated version of the past ball show. Uh, if you want to check out iTunes, Google Play, JohnPielli.com, um, SoundCloud, YouTube. Be back with you next week. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side.